0: The podcast Cook, Eat, Nourish with me, Fiona Staunton of Fiona's Food for Life. Today, in episode number six, I'm interviewing Michael Kelly of GIY. Make sure you listen to the end to find his top three tips that are all easy for us to implement right now.
1: Good morning, Michael. Good morning. How are you doing? Great. I'm delighted to finally get down
0: here. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself to my audience and tell us a little bit
1: about G.I.Y.? Yeah, so my name is Michael Kelly, so I'm the founder of, of G.I.Y. Um, I suppose we're we're an organisation that, that tries to help people to make more sustainable food choices and grow some of their own food is the kind of key, key way that I think we help people do that. So we, we started in 2008 here in Waterford, started as a very small community uh, food growing group basically it was it was I always kind of say it was like a kind of a self-help group for me basically because I <laughs> I had started growing my own food and was really bad at it and um, wanted to to learn more about it and, and connect with other food growers but there was kind of nothing nothing really out there to join it was all like um, I remember sitting in a, in a gardening club eating somewhere in Watford and thinking, you know, this is the more they the more they spoke about um, azaleas and, and hostas and stuff. I thought this is not for me, you know, because I've no no interest in growing anything unless I can eat it at the end of it. Um, so I started GY from that, and, and um, it was it was a really part time voluntary thing at the start, and, and I think we just immediately felt that we sort of um, we just touched touched the nerve and, and people just understood it and loved it from day one and it started to kind of spread around the southeast this idea of of GI, a GLY group. Um, and within a year i sort of packed in my, my day job and started um, uh, we started to set g i y up as a as a social enterprise to promote food growing at a at a national and then international scale and um, it's been been holding on for dear life ever since you know fantastic
0: and so what is your career today so before 2008 when you started growing yeah. yourself what, what was
1: your career so like? yeah so I, I was working in IT and uh, when I left college I was I was um, selling computer systems effectively um, not not loving it I think it's fair to say just you know you kind of you fall into these jobs um, and um always kinda of felt I wanted to do something else and I thought I thought that thing was um was writing. Actually I wanted to be a journalist and uh, when I gave up IT I was doing I was writing kind of freelance for the Irish Times and the Independent and a few other papers for a couple of years. Um but then life had other ideas for me, I guess, once GMI started. Um you kinda of, you kinda of think it's funny, you know, like all of the kind of corporate experience I had of of working in business and all of that I kind of thought that was not something I wanted to do or or was a waste of my time but actually kind of sets you up for for the next stage of your your life ultimately so what I learned in that 10 years working in business I think has stood stood to me really ultimately Okay,
0: and so there's GIY and this is Grow HQ, what's the difference? Yeah, so
1: I, I suppose GIY, like our evolution as an organisation I think we 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 started very much you know for the first couple of years it was like there was there was say a hundred of these GIY groups dotted around Ireland originally and that was fantastic um, and it was really people coming together in their own community to help each other to grow food which was brilliant and, and still still a very important part of what we do. But I think we got kind of frustrated at the pace of change. Um, uh, because everything we were doing was rooted in the idea that if we could get people to to grow some of their own food it would have this huge knock-on effect of their um, on their their health and how sustainably they lived and so we always felt our job was to just get as many people as we possibly could to do it and the GIY groups while they were they were fantastic um it just wasn't enough um, and so we started to run programs in first case it was, it was in schools um, because we felt it was very important to reach reach kids with this, this message as you know very well um, and so we started um, doing these big programs in schools to get to get kids growing and then we started running programs in communities and um, in, in companies and you know for chefs and everything else so I suppose we layered the programs on top of the community organisations or the community groups that we had. And then you know we were all we worked out of originally out of my my kitchen at home, then then an office in Waterford running these programs. Um, but we always felt we were missing a kind of a, a place that we could that would be just a living example of yeah. everything we wanted to do. And so Grow HQ was um, we opened in October twenty sixteen. Um, and the idea of it was just to create a place where we could show people our view of the world, a place where people could come and learn how to grow and cook food, um, but really importantly that they'd be able to come and eat homegrown food, so we approached the, the City Council here in Waterford who had always been very you know, very supportive of our work, um, and they gave us this site, which is, uh, you wouldn't know it from sitting in here this morning, but it's um, it's a three acre yeah. site it's very urban like the the, the hospital, right the, hospital yeah. That. Yeah. the hospital is right across the road and in some ways like when I saw it first we, we came to visit this site when it was a field you know it was, it was this very odd little little site on the side of the, the a really really busy road about 30,000 cars a day passed by our, our door there and the first day I saw it, it was like this is terrible it's really ugly you know apartment buildings and all of that Um. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought this is exactly where we should do it. Because it's right in front of hundred people's noses, and you know, I think I think the risk is if we did it out in the countryside, down a leafy lane somewhere, people would be like, "Oh, well, that's all, all very well for you guys, but you know, sixty five percent of Irish people live in urban in an urban setting, so yes. this is what makes it relevant to them." Um, so we opened in October twenty sixteen. And, and really the, the ethos of here is that everything we serve in the cafe which is just across the hall there is um, is grown on site more or less and, right. our, and whatever we can't grow ourselves or rare ourselves we, we buy locally and seasonally And uh, I see you call a on
0: Twitter the other day for some locally
1: grown what was that you Yeah well actually we, we've had um, a really bad year for salads Particularly, particularly, normally you'd have salads right through the winter, but because we had we had a very cold October, and mm-hmm. um, so the growth just stopped in its tracks uh, very suddenly, and the the late salads that we we sowed didn't come on quickly enough, and okay. um, so yeah, we were lo- we we're, we're actively looking for um, for salads, but in fact nobody has them. And sure. Okay, everybody's in the same boat, okay, sort of sure. thing. So. Again, that's, that's another you know, conversation point with our customers to sort of say, well, actually, we've taken our two salads off the menu for the winter because so we just don't have them. You know, we're not going to decide, well, let's just import a little leaves or use non organic leaves or whatever. We don't do that. and That's a slight difference to our approach here. Brilliant.
0: And so I've been meaning to come and visit Growing HQ for a good while, particularly with, with the kids. Um, but that just hasn't happened so I had to come myself here just before Christmas to try and do this but one of the stories I heard was about uh, ketchup that once you run out of tomatoes you've got to create another ketchup tell yeah. me a bit about that yeah well
1: I mean the, the seasonality of food is the most important ethos point for us here so, so like we, we always try to serve food that's organic um, either certified organic or organically grown um, seasonal, local, nutritious, all of those things. And, and of all of those, I think um, seasonality is the most important point. And so, you know, ketchup traditionally as, as a, just one example of that was um, effectively was a way to preserve tomatoes. That's, you know, we forget, we think of it as a condiment, but in fact it, it was always a preservation technique. And so that's how we use it, we use it to preserve our tomatoes. When it runs out, you know we're not going to replace it with like a a, a shop bought ketchup. So we move on to other ketchups like beetroot and, and so on. So it's a very interesting conversation at the table, as you can imagine. Like we do a lovely, um, we do lovely chips here. we really got good, good organic Irish potatoes, uh, often our own. Um, and so, people are like, can I have ketchup with my chips? And we're like, well, sorry, you know, we're, we're out of tomato ketchup, but we've got beetroot. That's what's in season. And, you know, most of our customers, I think, find that intriguing and interesting. Some of them are like, that's disgraceful. I just want some ketchup. Give me ketchup. Uh, and we have, it has been uh, one particular customer we saw taking a bottle of ketchup out of their inside pocket one time, you know. Uh, but but he was a regular, so we couldn't get too obsessed. it's a
0: him. great way of getting people to stop and think about it. I think it's yeah. it's brilliant.
1: So like I mean, we're, we live in a society now where seasonal seasonality is is almost like a, a relic of a bygone age. You know, there's there's a, a supermarket is a place where there are no seasons. Really, you can get you know, and that's the way we cook now. We take a cookbook and we're like, I'm gonna have this, and we go off to the supermarket and buy the ingredients. Um, and you will get those ingredients any time of year and that's that's only like a last 20 years yeah. trend before that we, we went with the seasons and I, I would always argue that seasonality eating seasonally is your best you know your best guarantee of eating food that's at its most delicious and it's, and it's most nutritious so it's not you know being able to buy a, a, a tomato all year round is not necessarily a good thing particularly in terms of flavour and nutrition, I think. Yeah,
0: okay. Greet and you run some cookery courses here. Can you tell yeah. me about a Chef here? Tell me
1: a little bit about that. Yeah, so so we have um, a full program of courses that run throughout the year, so mix of, of course you know, we do courses around growing. So I, I deliver a course here once a month, Beginner's Guide to Growing, and our own our head grower here, Richard me uh, runs a lot of courses as well and then on the, the cookery side, our head chef is uh, a French guy living in Ireland for years called JB Dubois um, and he's an amazing you know, leader I suppose in this business but also does a lot of our courses here in cooking. We do everything from, um, you know, last night he had a course about getting ready for, for kind of vegan eating in January. Um, which, which I think is really interesting, but we're not anti-meat at all here. We, we serve meat in the cafe, he does courses around cooking with meat and everything in between. You know, we're, we're, um, and also next year we we'll have have a lot of courses around sustainable living and, and you know, reducing your food waste, reducing your plastic consumption uh, and, so on and so on. So it's a yeah, busy, busy spot. Great.
0: And so I know, like my cookery demos that I do in the workplace, you also do a corporate uh, yeah. side to the
1: business, what, what's that? Yeah, so I mean, like I'm a, I'm a big believer in the idea that like there's some serious change coming down the tracks and, and needs to be. Um, and in some ways I think government is lagging behind uh, on that and I think business is such a powerful force in the world, you know, for good and bad. Um, that it has a huge role to play in making the changes we need to make to make the, the planet uh, more sustainable. And um, so we, we've always felt working with corporates is a hugely important part of, of what we do. So we have a program called Grow Circle, which is um, um, helping the impl- companies to support their employees to make more sustainable food choices. So all of the things kind of we've already spoken about growing more food wasting less food, reducing your plastic consumption, following the seasons, um, and so it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's basically an education program that we roll out to corporates, um, and we've had a phenomenal response to that in the last three or four months in particular. I think corporates are really kind of waking up to it now and want to do something, and want to be seen to be doing something, which is good. Um, so the likes of AIB and Guinness and Innocent have signed up to that programme we're hoping to have a lot more in the years ahead so it's it's, it's even as a way to reach a lot of people very quickly, yeah. it's, a, it's a brilliant way to do that
0: That's yeah. what I find that my country, you're reaching so many more people yeah. if I do a, a workplace, demo. Yeah. yeah. And um, the schools so um, if people want to get your programme into their schools, how is it funded or how does someone go about yeah, so
1: we have a couple of different uh, school programs. Like we're trying to kind of get you know across the different age groups. Um, so our main uh, primary school program is called Big Grow. So we work with um, with Innocent on that, and it's it's um, it's at a pretty huge scale. It's it's um, I think five thousand schools will take part next year across the UK and Ireland. So so we live we physically send out kids into the classrooms that, that the teachers can, um, uh, and the resources that the, the teachers need to deliver an in-classroom food-growing programme for the kids, um, and we're, we're really proud of it. I mean, it was, I think, 300,000 people took part in it last year, um, and a similar ambition for 2020 and beyond. Um, then we have a, a secondary school programme called Grow to CEO, uh, which I suppose starts with that basic food-growing experience. Experience as well, uh, but then we, we build a layer of food entrepreneurship on top of it. So they have to design a food brand and, and a marketing plan and all of that for their for their uh, for the product they create from what they've grown. And that uh, last year, about half of secondary schools in Ireland took part in that, and that will be open for registrations in the new year as well. And then we have a couple of other kind of um, we do a. A school garden programme where we actually fund school gardens in about thirty schools around Ireland. Um, we have a community yeah. classroom programme which is about connecting community gardens with schools to kind of bring them together to support each other in growing. Um, so it's a hugely important part of our work and all all of all of the details and, and registration for that will be on our website. Brilliant
0: I going to check that out for my kids 30. to do schools to make yeah. sure that they're they're involved. Um, so recently, you produced the Know It All Almanac, and I don't know if you've seen it, but I did a little video review on it. I uh, bought it for my kids, and decided that it's so great I'd do a bit of a review. Uh, but do you want to tell me a little bit about the books you have here? Yeah,
1: like so. I guess a huge part, like we're we're a social enterprise, um, which effectively means that we, we we generate our own income to fund our work. So we're not, we don't, we don't get government funding. We don't get donations from the public as such. We're not a charity, but we, we are not-for-profit, so we basically use products uh, like the books and our TV series and, and products like Growbox to, they're kind of, they have, a, they have a double bottom line for us. They're about helping people to grow food and, and do it more successfully, and they also generate income for us. And the books are a huge part of that. Cookies has been out for about, you know, the second edition of that came out last year, um, for for adults, and then, um, we we always wanted to do a kids' book, and I am um, uh, I've got two two young kids myself, so I suppose I wanted to write a book that they'd be able to read as well, you know. And I got together with uh, a wonderful uh, broadcaster and writer, Murniekevon, who had a TV series about growing and cooking on on RT called Dig in Diner. So we wrote the book together, and then and we got an amazing um, illustrator called Fatty Burke, who I'm sure some of your, your viewers would know from, Arch- did Irelandopedia and historyopedia. Um, and so we put it all together, and the idea was to kind of, the idea of an almanac, which is a very kind of horticultural kind of thing, where it's like a book that has all the information you need, and, you know, the moon times and all sorts of mad information, mm. all crammed into a book. Uh, so it was kind of riffing off that but um, we called it a know-it-all almanac instead of a, an almanac and um, like there's just a load of information that follows the follows the months and the seasons so it can tell you each month what to, what to do, it's kind of half growing and half cooking and loads of craft um, stuff in it as loads well. of craft, yeah. It, yeah. and then loads of just really funny gags and we wanted it to work for kind of You know that parents reading it for their kids or with their kids would also get a good giggle out of it as well. Lots of farmyard manure jokes. Well, the first thing my 13-year-old picked out
0: was on the back, Russell Sprouts' uh, Mm -hmm. comment saying that he learned absolutely nothing at all. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. it's a bit of fun. Yeah, we had good fun with
1: Russell because, you know, Russell Sprouts are either the kind of love it or love them um, veg, so he's um, kind of trying to get into the book all all the way through it and... uh, gets his moment in the sun at the end. I won't, I won't spoil that, but uh, yeah, he's a good crack.
0: Great. So Michael, in my interviews, I'm always asking for three tips from your experience that uh, can help improve the health of the nation. What three tips did you get?
1: Oh, it's a great question. Um, so, I mean, I, th- I think the first thing, I, I, I worry that our, our our discussions around food have got incredibly narrow and, and lack nuance. So we're very much kind of focused on everything you read and hear about and, and everything we discuss about food. It's very much like this diet's good, that diet's bad. And you know if you take out carbs or dairy or meat or you know add protein or whatever, you're gonna be healthy. And I, I think that's just um nonsense. <laughs> Um, and I think any, anything you eat can be either healthy or not healthy it can be either sustainable or not sustainable even the same two things do you know what I mean yeah. so, so the first thing I think is is to think about seasonality in particular yeah. and the impact that eating seasonally has on your health so I, I would always give the example of, of, um, of sweet corn where when I grow up myself my, my mother used to say that you should run from the vegetable patch into the kitchen to get it into into a pot of water because as soon as you pick it off the plant, it's deteriorating from a taste perspective and from a nutrition perspective. So, in the context of that, think about the the two sweet corn you see in a, in a vacuum pack in a supermarket that's been imported from Kenya or you know and, and, and sitting in, in suspended in plastic for for whatever six months, you know. So anyway, felt fo- like following the seasons and eating in season means. Particularly when you combine it with local, means you're eating food that's at its most nutritious and its most delicious. And we you know, if you follow the seasons in terms of what nature thinks that we need at different times of the year for our bodies, then you're plugging back into a real wisdom in in terms of eating that we've completely lost. So, you know, the hydrating beds like tomatoes and cucumbers in the summer you know, the, the earthy root crops at this time of the year, the, the spring greens and spring to revitalise your system and so on. You know, that that's a type of eating we've almost completely forgot about. So I think plug back into what's in season in your locality at any given time and you can't go too far off. So that'll be the first thing. I think the second thing then is, and again, it's never discussed, but we need to start thinking about how healthy was the soil that your food was growing. You know, again, we just tend to think about I'm eating carrot must be good for me. But th- there can be a huge difference between carrot A grown in healthy living soil and carrot B grown in, you know, unhealthy, monocropped, you know, uh, industrially produced, often even organically, you know, and that that is controversial enough, but organic food doesn't necessarily mean healthy food all the time. It can, so be, how it can do we, be
0: how do we find out about how do we know about
1: well it's tricky it's really tricky Um, and and it's very very difficult to actually find out I think technology will help in the years ahead because there's there's devices coming that will help you to compare to to actually measure the nutrient density in food but for now it's really about trying to buy from producers and farmers who who care about the quality of the soil that they're growing in and the same applies to the meat that are know the soil that our meat is rared on yeah so it's like it's really really tricky um but i think again that's why growing your own food when you're when you're so focused on the nutrition in your soil and putting compost on the soil in the winter and so on and having soil that's bursting with life that's why gi always say to us jesus i grew this food myself and it tastes completely different than anything i've ever tasted before you know like a proper carrot to carrot yeah because it's and the reason it tastes like a carroty carrot is because of the soil it's grown. So that's the second one. And it's look, I, I, I guess it's not as simple it's not as simple as like take carbs out of your diet and you'll be healthy. It's 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 all about nuance. Um, and then the third thing, and it's the most it's been our it's been our sort of leading insight and um, that's that's sort of driven everything we do in GOI is is to grow some of your own food and, and it's not doesn't have to be 100% of, of your own food, even if it's only 1%, it, it makes you a more knowledgeable, more, um, as we call it, food food empathy, so food empathetic consumer, because you, you know more about your food because you've grown some of it yourself. Um, and it changes the other 99% of the food that you buy as a result. So growing your own food is one of the most powerful ways of really getting knowledge, and knowledge is king when it comes to food choices we make
0: great tips I know I certainly have to work on the third one yeah. I grow um, I'm not great in the garden I do uh, rosemary bay leaf uh, thyme and mint I'll, I'll have those that's great but that's it yeah but you know like
1: again the, the, the horticultural world which I suppose I'm part of like, has done a very bad job actually of convincing people and it's a very snooty Latin name you have to grow everything yourself otherwise you're useless you don't you know If you can't grow anything you don't have green fingers and all this and all of that is is complete nonsense you just need to give it a try keep you know don't worry if things don't work often they don't and and like we're an example of that we've we've had a terrible year with salads like it happens from year to year Uh, but as long as you just keep keep producing as much as you can any little shift you can make towards a bit of a bit more self-sufficiency is an amazing thing for your health and and for your sustainability and and your happiness as well, I I definitely
0: do go back to number one. I do the season and I actually have a video for each month of the year, what's in season in Ireland and links to some recipes, so I definitely do Right. Yeah. So what's next for GIY?
1: Um, so I mean we're we're busy at the moment uh, recording the third series of our T V series Pro Blue which will be out in, in March of next year. Okay. Um, and we're hope we're hoping obviously to start filming series four. Next year as well, so we we'll, we we'll keep doing that. We've really exciting programs that we're starting to roll out for uh, for chefs. A program called Chefs Manifesto, which is trying to get chefs to bring more sustainability into their kitchens. Um and and ultimately we just feel we need to do everything we do, but on a much much bigger scale because the you know without getting too downbeat about it, like the the planet is in serious serious trouble and. We've got to completely remake how we how we eat and feed ourselves, um, as part of an overall complete shift in our lives. I think in the next three to five years, in particular, and and we feel we've we've a formula we know works at scale, and we just need to reach more and more people. So we we've, we've signed, um, we've set a commitment for ourselves as an organisation as part of the UN's decade of change to try and reach a hundred million people over the next ten years with our programs, which. You know, we've we've no idea how we're going to do it currently, but it's 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 great to have a really ambitious goal, and um, and you know, I think I think we need more and more people to sort of, to be thinking that way about about um, sustainability and climate emergency and really get stuck in and scale. So that's that's. Because you're already
0: keep... working outside of Ireland, isn't that right,
1: sure. Yeah, we like this year about about in 2019 about six hundred thousand people will take part. In our programs in Ireland the UK and North America and um, so but like we're gonna have to scale that up by by 10 or 20 times to kind of hit that that 100 million number but we'll have a lot of fun trying and, and um, we're very proud of all the work we do and, and a very small very hard working team
0: here. So Michael it's your last meal what would you choose?
1: Well that's a great question um, it's probably not what you think actually, but I tell you, um, I'm a huge, probably my my favorite food stuff in the world is sausages, which are like possibly not what you'd expect. But I'm am a big fan of of um, Jane Russell, who's um, produces an amazing. Like to me, a sausage can either be a really unhealthy, awful thing, or it can be uh, when it's done really well. It's pork, you know, like it's pork meat. <laughs> with very little additives and, and nothing added to it and can be very health, healthful, I think. Um, and Jane Russell, we serve our sausages in the cafe here every, uh, every morning. Um, so Jane Russell sausages will be on the list. Okay. Um, I'm a huge fan of sauerkraut and kimchi and all of that kind of thing. Again, coming back to the fermentation and preservation of food. Um, I grow a lot of my own cabbage and so I make my own sauerkraut which goes really well with sausages. Mm-hmm. But have I have some sauerkraut on that and then Would you do plain
0: or do you season it up? Do you put spices and things into it on um, in? or do you like just plain? I do too, like I do. Right too, like I,
1: do I, I love it just some regular fairly fairly plain sauerkraut and then a couple of different types of kimchi, but I think for my last meal I'd go back to the sauerkraut, okay. probably the plain one. Um, and then the bread it's served on is absolutely critical. So I would have said it was for black Couple of years ago, but I've become a bit. Which are still an amazing, an amazing product. But um, big fan of of. Um, we have an amazing local baker here called Seagull Bakery out in More. Okay. Again, we serve we serve her sourdough bread. Um, uh, uh, here in the cafe, and I think I'd have it on. So the sausages and the sourdough bread on a slice of so the it's sourdough, sourdough toast. Yeah. yeah think that'd be it I mean it's not a very exciting meal as last meals go no, it's like, it's, I find it really interesting in all of these interviews getting different people's yeah. last meals do you have anything to drink with that? Well, that's a really good question I mean I, 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 I normally with that kind of a meal I'd have a nice cup of tea but that's not very yeah, <laughs> exciting for my, you can choose. For my, if it's my last meal it's probably going to be pre- probably like a glass of red wine I think not going very, not going to go very well with ah, so okay. Maybe, maybe a good craft beer. I haven't thought about that. Okay. So either again um, a local brew, maybe a metaman or a Dun Garden Pale Ale, or could go as far as it can sell Blacks it can Kinsale, maybe. Um. So a nice, a nice lager would probably go better with the sauerkraut than the than a red wine, wouldn't it? Yeah. I think yeah. So. That's okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, brilliant.
0: And if my audience want to get in touch with you, what's what's the best way?
1: Um, so our website is giy.ie so everything you need to know is on that and even even the the you'll find links there to the TV show which is still up on the the RT player it's now on Amazon Prime as well worldwide which we're very pleased about so you can still catch up on all the former episodes of that and all the information about our programs and our shop to buy the book Mm -hmm. and all that on giy.ie okay fantastic
0: thank you very much thanks for coming Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode of Cook, Eat, Nourish. I'd be really grateful if you could rate and review this episode to help me spread the word. For more information, pop over to my website, fionasfoodforlife.ie, where you'll find lots of recipes, tips, videos and blogs. Thanks a million. See you soon.